Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Good morning, everybody. This is Amelia Antonetti. Um, for those who are just joining us, you are with the Breakfast of Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, uh, Club and we're here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration 
uh, from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday, and then again 6 to 10 on Saturday and Club 11 on Sunday. So good morning and happy Friday, everybody. Um, for anybody, who, this is the Genius Hour. Um, we are here every Friday from 8 to 9 um, with total gratitude um, and big thank yous and shout outs to Mr. Glenn Lundy and Miss Sarah McCord. Um, I have this morning, uh, Randy, are you with us this morning? Good morning. I am here and excited to, to, to hear what Carrie has to say. I know, I know. And Mr. Sean, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Glad to be here. Glad to see everyone. I know. Happy. It's getting cold here in New York now. Okay, we get icicles and it's all starting over here. So uh, anybody who's in a sunshine state, you can absolutely send 10 degrees of happiness this way because it is getting cold, cold, cold. Done. Cold. Sending your... Please, thank you. I just literally <laughs> I had second. to like, you know, pull, pull open the car this morning. I'm like, okay, here it starts. Here we go. We are going to be traveling because snow is coming. So I got to get out of here. Um, good morning, Miss Carrie. I'm so excited to dive in this morning. This is going to be so much fun. So good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Amelia. It's great to be here. Happy Friday. I'm excited. So we're going to, you know, as uh, for the for Genius, Genius Key, just for anybody who does not kind of have any context with that, really is um, charging forward to answer the call of the gig economy and what uh, a lot of the things that have happened in the marketplace right now as the gig worker uh, steps into an empowerment position um, over the actual worker, um, there's a lot of changes that are happening and we're leading that way in technology. And because of that, um, so much is changing inside the infrastructure and process and procedures of companies. And I mean companies, whether you're a company of just a couple or you're uh, companies of thousands and thousands. And the topic of human resources keeps coming up over and over and over and over and over again. And so I'm so excited to dive in today. So Carrie is one of our Genius Key trainers. Um, she leads the uh, charge on human resources. She's been in resources for over 20 years, has seen all kinds of changes happening in that, those roles, um, and also um, has lots of experience in operations management, project management, forensic accounting, um, all kinds of, of uh, aspects as the interworkings of companies uh, change. And as uh, somebody who really tries to help people get um, to those first couple of level, le levels on entrepreneurship, as an entrepreneur, like HR is kind of like the last thing we seem to think about, right? We're really in the day-to-day, -day, but there's some very key things as we answer in gig economy, as we grow our companies to the first million, the third million, the fifth million, that has to be addressed because there's opportunity right here and right now. So Carrie, I think this is going to be fun um, because I know that uh, we hear it all the time, you know, what has to be done, what doesn't have to be done. You know, what about the infrastructure? There's just so much that gets missed in the, this umbrella of human resources. And I just, um, I think there was a, a uh, an article that either you or Randy uh, sent over my way that was from Forbes saying that your CFO can give you a good idea of what's happening in 18 months, but your HR team can tell your company where, if it's going to be around in 10 years. Um, it's a very powerful article from Forbes. It's uh, dated March of 2021, um, and it's really leaning into the focus and the vision of the different uh, talents, we call them different geniuses, within the C-suite 
Um, and it is fascinating how much insight HR has. So Carrie, are, are you ready to lean in this morning? Cause it's a Friday. It's fun. I've got a hot cup of tea over here. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. I try to, I try to go easy and not go into full, full on coffee this morning. I was like, I'll lead in with some tea. <laughs> right. Um, so first and foremost, um, uh, when we talk about human resources, when we talk about, um, you know, where human resources was versus where it is now, right? Um, there was a point in time, believe it or not, that when you got a job or you started building a team, HR really, really was two feet in to really develop you to your fullest and best potential. Um, spin that forward to where we are now, HR for the most part is anti-lawsuit. Um, what do you think, Carrie, as you look from the inside, how HR has changed its focus over the last? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is changing. I think there's still a long way to go because of all of the changes in the economy and the workforce. And I think, um, you know, we're struggling to keep up. But 20 years ago, and we've talked about this before, when you started in a company, you had, you know, really strong onboarding. Um, process, you were maybe paired with a buddy to learn under a mentor and really walked through joining that company and the culture. And, uh, you know, where we've gotten is we're, we're moving towards a more strategic role, but it has been very process, procedure, like you said, risk mitigation um, focused. And those are all tactical things that obviously have to be done but as we move into, especially into the gig economy, we really have to be strategic and look at personal development and communication training. Um, most people, especially entrepreneurs, are not um, trained to be managers necessarily. Uh, some of them are great managers, but some of them have never had to have people work for them. And so, they, you know, they've done it all themselves and done a great job. But when you and start I, yep, and I think that that is again. I say this over and over again, and I'm sure Brian Fence thought that because you know he's in 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 sales. I see the biggest mistake that small businesses make is they take a great salesperson and they make them a manager, and they suck at being a manager. Right, being a great salesperson and being a great manager, those geniuses or those keys are opposite. Right, same thing too. If you're successful in your role. Uh, for some reason, the next step is, oh, let's promote that person into an executive or managerial role, and they have no skill sets, no training. Now, as a society, we believed more in training 20 years ago than we do today. Today, you literally get a job, and they're like, good luck to you. Figure that out. I mean, they don't even introduce you to somebody to kind of like get the ropes, and I think for us, um, what I have found more often over the last five years is people desperate for real mentorship, like real, how do I do this? How do I do that? Because it's nowhere to be found, right? You start a school and then they throw you out into the workforce. You try to find a job and they throw you right in and go, okay, figure your job out. And then we figure out, we keep complaining that why we're not getting the results that we want. And part of the reason why we don't get what we want and anything in life in a relationship and business with money, part of the reason why you don't get what you want is because the beginning is wrong, right? You, you're you at the wrong start 
um, for the one-on-ones that I've been doing, you know, um, uh, down with, uh, down in Kentucky and then the stuff that I was doing in Houston and Dallas. And again, this last week I'm sitting with people and what I'm showing them in literally matter of just minutes is where they're starting on their thinking of how building their business, the start is wrong. And the only way you know that is if you've done it over and over and over and over again. And I think that's where this buddy system, the coaching, the mentorship of being able to go, this is where I'm at and this is where I want to be um, is missing because I think most people want to succeed. Most people want to be a strong member of a team. They want to be working for a company that celebrates them and really, really makes their life better um, based on their own designed lifestyle. And it's completely Absolutely. Um, especially post COVID once people had the opportunity, a lot of people started working from home and they realized how important it was to have that extra 20 minutes from, you know, no commute, um, and the flexibility of, Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Being able to, you know, be around for their family at different times of the day that they hadn't been before. And, and what we're really seeing over and over, you read, you know, pick up any article and you'll see that that what employees are looking for now is different from what companies want and what they think they need to provide to the employees to draw them in. And the biggest challenge right now for 2022, um, this is from a, a poll that Society for Human Resource Management did back in November, the biggest challenge in the coming year is going to be re recruitment, retention, and motivation. And so it's key to understand those things, especially motivation, to know where to start. A hundred percent. And we still have, uh, and this is part of what we're doing with the G100, right? That's something that we decided to uh, put out there, right? Because I believe access is the thing that most people can't get, right? They just can't get access to those deals. Um, and as we lean into that, what I find is that most of the business people that I'm talking to, including influencers, are still trying to build an old model in today's marketplace, right? The old model of building a business is not going to work in the gig economy. It just isn't going to work. And I find that that's why so many people are stuck and so many people can't like free up the deal. So like, why am I so stuck? And, you know, you were laying out, uh, 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 on the back channel here, you know, the mindsets, right? And we talk about that all the time here in Breakfast with Champion, how the mindset is different. You know, the baby boomers were trained. They were ingrained from the moment they got here about, you know, living to work. Um, they have their identity is very rooted in what they do for a living. Right. So somebody of that era. Right. I'm, I, I'm in between here between baby boomer and Gen X. Right. They will introduce themselves and show you who their identity is by telling you what they do for a living, what they do for a living, their job, their role 
is very intertwined in who they are. And you start to see the shift as you go into the Gen Xers, right? On that mindset is not that of the baby boomer. Living to work, I am my job, um, that process focused. Um, and I thought that was really interesting on how the mind shift changes and your posi positioning of your perspective is rooted differently as we go through um, those different eras. Um, and, and I think, you know, the baby boomers have been leading the charge for a long time. And as they remove themselves from these leadership roles, right? I mean, there's so many of them that have now stepped down, um, selling their companies, moving to the board. Um, there is a huge gap between the belief system of the baby boomers and how that structure of the business was built. And yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I think it's natural for anyone, um, even if you're trained to, to manage other people and, and you're really good at communication, it's natural to default to managing people the way you yourself were managed. And, you know, I'm right at Gen X. And so, you know, I'm right below baby boomer. And so I still have that, you know, identity is what I do kind of thing going on. But I also have a lot of the work to live attitude. And, and it's funny because I'm married to someone that's more in the baby boomer range. And so, and I'm the spender and he's the samer. So I'm like, hey, let's, you know, let's get some work done so we can make some money and go on vacation. And he's like, yeah, let's work because I'm an accountant and we got to save. And so, you know, you're really talking about two different groups. And so as the baby boomers move on out of leadership and they're, and they're pulling in the Gen Xers, there's uh, there's frustration there on both sides because they're not seeing you know the the current leaders are not seeing you know the real potential that gen xers bring um and and then you're trying to bring in a new workforce of millennials and they're completely different right so they're looking to have impact in what they do they want you know they value diversity um they are all about technology, you ask them how to do something and the first place they're gonna go is technology to answer that question. And so there's really a lot going on and, and you know, it comes back to being observant and understanding people and, and really listening. Right, and that's part of what, you know, as we built Genius Key to answer the call of the gig economy from a behavior standpoint, I think that that's something that we really wanna dive into because if you're a baby boomer, the way you develop as an, in, the way you believe you develop is through process, right? And you, and you can hear that process driven um, is really coming from the mindset, right? Process, process, process. Um, and then as you go to the Gen Xers, you start to see that it isn't just the tactical process, let me follow A to Z, there is this, lifestyle language that really starts. And then as you go down to the millennials, their whole being of how to self-develop is integrated with technology, right? And so you can see that in the behaviors of the self-development on what is the expectation and those touch points based on what they know or what they believe helps for growth. Um, and in a lot of these, these rooms, 
when you hear people sharing their experience and their advice, you can hear where their belief is because they're referring to a process or they're referring to one of these different aspects. And it's fascinating to me. That's why I love always listening as a behaviorist. I love to listen because people are telling you who they are by their words. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, we don't even realize it, um, how we're showing up in the world. Um, because we just think, you know, well, I'm, I'm this way. And so this is how I am, but we don't realize that we can, we can pick up on, uh, you know, things from others that maybe we didn't learn um, from birth, and we weren't necessarily trained on, we can pick up those other skills and keys and and ways to lead that can really round us out and help us show up better. Well, and if you're going to step into any type of leadership or management or executive role, then you're really to be an exceptional leader. You have to understand the root or the, the, where, where the position is in the team around you. If you approach leadership from your position, that means you're leading from the front and front facing leadership is no longer working. So you have to learn a new skill skill set, which is leading from the back. And when I give this example in, you know, in real life and life, uh, in a live environment, I show you how your language changes when you're the last person in line leading a hundred people in front of you versus you're standing in the front of the line and you're leading people, a hundred people behind you, your language and your uh, pace and your behavior is entirely different depending on where you are in that lineup if you are the leader. And if you can stand in front, in the middle, and in the back, and lead as effectively to the finish line, you actually are an acceptable leader. Now, I will say I have rarely met that individual. Most people lead by what they believe, and they, they stay on that mantra over and over and over and over again. They're positioning on how things get done. They're positioning on how people grow and develop. They're positioning on how to get people to where they would like them to be usually remains the same. Yeah, I, I see that. Absolutely. And I love that analogy of being in different places of the line because you're absolutely right. When you're leading from the front, you're looking at your people, right? Because human resources, all it is, is your people resources in your company. You've got financial, you've got tangible, you've got people. And that's really what we're talking about. But when you're looking from the front trying to lead, you're saying, hey, come on, guys, here, you know, we got to get, we got to get way down the road. So come on, come on, come on. And you're frustrated and you're wondering why can't they keep up? If you're standing in the back, you're looking at where you need to be as a leader, as a company, and you've got a hundred people in front of you that aren't moving fast enough. You know, you can crack the whip. It's probably not going to get you very far. You're going to lose the people in the back because they're going to leave. But, you know, you can you can encourage, you can develop, you can cheer them on. It's a whole different environment and you really create, you know, a team effort to get to that finish line. Right. And I think the other thing that has really changed, and you and I, you and I have spoken about that, 
you know, human resources used to be clearly defined, just like a CFO. Like a CFO, you're like, yep, I know exactly what they do. A, a chief operating office, I know exactly what they do. HR used to have that clarity, but over the last 20 years, HR became a catch-all, right? Like if, if there was something that needed to be done in a company, and again, even if you've got a company of just a couple of people, there are still the aspects of HR that must be done if you want your company to grow. Just like, you know, small company, you only got three or four people, you still have to do your financials, right? There's, you still have to have operations. You still like these aspects are just done on a smaller level, but now HR is whatever doesn't fit anywhere else gets thrown to the HR person. And what I've seen is if you're in HR in company A and you go to company B, it's an entirely different job description now, right? Because HR isn't clear anymore. It literally just does whatever. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember my first job out of college in a, in a very small uh, company in an HR department. It was just two of us. And so my job was, you know, payroll, benefits, uh, hiring, training, all of those typical things that you think of. But when I, when I moved into my next role, I moved into a company that went from 500 employees to 1,000 employees in one year. And, you know, I was still in my mid twenties at that point. And so that was my like really learn by fire experience because when you're growing that fast and having to manage people and having to manage growing too fast and then having to lay off and then, you know, we need a million people and no, we don't, we need, you know, we need to let three go. And it, it's just constant chaos you know, you really, uh, it is very broad and you're doing anything and everything and it does get very, very fuzzy. Okay, this is Todd. Can I jump in for just a second? Absolutely, Todd. Welcome. Hey, um, so, you know, the other thing about HR um, from, a, from a CEO's perspective is that um, not only can it be a catch-all, but different companies operate extraordinarily differently. So in the auto space, for example, um, you know, first of all, I like HR to be business partners, um, which which is ideally what most HR people would like. They'd like a seat at the table, basically. Uh, and they don't get that in a lot of companies. But in many companies today still, HR kind of quietly runs the company because they're, the companies are so risk adverse that everything, uh, for example, Lowe's, uh, the, the home improvement stores. I know people that, that have come from there and basically all the decisions are made. Most of the important decisions are made by HR because they just don't want to have any problems. Now, of course, I don't agree with that philosophy, but then there are others where HR is basically just a back office deal to kind of pick up all the issues that come up. And when HR shows up, there's a problem, there's a situation, um, and they're not welcome. And then there's that middle of the road, which is what I really like, which is we value the opinion. We want you to have a seat at the table um, you're not going to run the company, but together we're going to make a decision and I'm going to make uh, an ultimate decision based on the, the guidance that you give me. And I think that's where it needs to be. But unfortunately, it's not defined. It's all over the place. Yeah, and I, I, I love what you just said, because that's what 
you know, coming from the beginning of my career, that's what I always wanted was to be a partner. And that's how I saw my role. But it, it wasn't always that way. But the best environment is when you're kind of functioning as a, a little bit of a chief of staff um, type role where you're giving your opinion, you are heard. And no, you, you may not be making the decision at the end of the day, but you're allowed, you know, you're allowed to share with leadership. If you go this way, here is the effect on the people, the company and our risk. And you're at least being heard in that decision making. That's exactly right. And, and that's how it should be, in my opinion. Uh, and again, just like we all have a seat at this breakfast table, HR has a very important seat in the boardroom, in the staff meetings, and their opinion counts and should count and should matter and should be an, an equal vote, basically. And I think those are great. I mean, I love that. Thank you, first, first of all, for jumping in, because I, I love the way your mind works. And, you know, if you look at the trends, what is happening, because the skilled worker, right, the subject matter expert, um, which is something that companies have struggled with now for decades, right? How do they attract that individual, that very subject matter expert, that talent into the companies? Because HR started to get broken years and years and years ago, the employee, the subject matter expert, has not had a voice. It's not been taken seriously. They have gone out on their own. They've gone out into the independent, right? They've gone into the work for hire, which started the trend of the gig economy. Now that there's been a shift because of COVID and a lot of other other reasons, those those subject matter experts are in a position of power on an old structure. It's why the Fortune 5000 companies are having tough time accessing that skilled worker because it's on an old infrastructure, just everything about it from recruiting to staffing, blah, 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 blah. And what you're saying is the decision, the pulse of a company is the undercurrent is being run by HR, right? Because they're telling you what the what their employees will and will not do, where there is or isn't risk. However, in most of the strategy meetings, in most of these masterminds, most of these offsites, they don't include HR, right? So they have the strategic advisors and they have some of the people at C-suite and they bring in consultants, but they really don't bring HR to the table even though that is the pulse of whether it can or cannot be executed. And so there's these crazy weird gaps as we move from what was to what is. And I, I love your perspective. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think we, we got to, there's, there's so much value to be added by what HR professionals can provide. And it's not just risk aversion. Um, it's, it's, and, and you say C-suite, they are the C-suite. I mean, they're in most, most functional companies have a C-suite executive that's in the HR role. And that person should be just as important as the COO, uh, as a CFO, uh, quite honestly, as the CEO, at least the companies that I run. Yeah, and the last couple of masterminds that I've, again, because I go in as a strategic advisor for massive growth in companies that are distressed or completely in conflict or, or crisis, right? So when I go in, it's a mess. And it's mind boggling to me that when we go around for introductions of, you know, who did you bring to this, to this assembly, uh, their HR is not there. 
or they don't really have HR. Like it's this hodgepodge of stuff, but it's not really somebody who's proficient in understanding how humans develop, what is needed in the buddy system inside of that, the, in the internal part of the human aspect of it, because we've shifted so much internally. Now, part of the impetus of Genius Key was to bring in technology and what we've done for so long in human behavior so that the company can see the inter-belief system of the company, of its people, and what the strain and recovery is. If you do not understand what causes strain and recovery to your collective, whether that collective is two people, three people, five people, thousands of people, if you don't understand that energetically, then you are at risk at moving the company too fast, too slow, or too disjointedly. And so we've solved that problem using technology. But what we're talking about here is that for businesses, as they scale from Did we all? No, I, I think no, Amelia. That one's the I think she. I think Amelia dropped. Am Amelia just had like this brilliant idea. She's writing it down. She'll be back in just a second. Oh, hey, Randy, are you there? Is yeah, Karen I there? was wondering. I thought, did I get dropped? Did everyone get dropped? <laughs> did <Clubhouse laughs> go away? I was sure it was me. Did Carrie, Carrie break, did Carrie break Clubhouse? <laughs> <laughs> You know, can I ask a question since we're if we're waiting for Amelia to get back? Please. Yeah. I gotta I gotta say the most frightening thing I've heard today, and, and early in my career, I actually worked for a recruitment advertising agency, so I was selling to HR departments. They were my buyer when I was in my twenties. And one of the things I sadly learned when dealing with those personality types is that they weren't getting the credit they deserved because and this is, you know, thirty years ago because they were always kind of reminded they were non-revenue producing, which is to me sad. The saddest thing I've heard today, the idea that HR exists for as an anti-lawsuit mechanism, that's such a, a sad commentary. And, and Todd's talk, you know, kind of went into that a little bit too. But my thing is what, we all know people in HR. Personally, business-wise, there I have to believe there are people carried here in HR. If you are an HR professional, what skills should you possess? Mm, I love that to, question. To be to to really go into that because people, I hate to say people skills, but I think you've got to love people. But I just look at the word, the definition of the word human, and the definition of the word resources, and half of the title of that department has the word human in it so what what skills should a successful hr professional bring to the table what's their genius i mean um go yeah. ahead Karen. yeah i think for myself um what has benefited me in this role is being naturally curious and very observant so I've always, I, I'm, I'm super interested in psychology 
um, organizational psychology. That was one of my favorite classes um, that I ever took. And that's really where I, I decided to, you know, proceed down the path of HR because you're looking at how people interact and what drives them. And you've got to, you've got to be able to see that in order to do two things, to really understand where the company needs to be and provide that structure that they need for success, but also very importantly, to be an advocate for the workforce. You've got to know where they're coming from. Yeah, I'd like to add to that. I think that's perfectly said. Um, this is Sean James, by the way. Um, I think it's really about awareness now. I think in the last 10 years with technology, um, kind of replacing that word human, Randy, um, you know, humans have to be able to understand how tech is moving the ball forward. And um, that awareness is, I think, as, as someone that's in human resources, is really to be centered in your company and understand what can go left and what can go right. But what Carrie said is on point. It's about studying the behavior and how people interact. Um, technology has moved. I mean, look what we're doing this morning. We're all on a technology application that allows us to communicate. Therefore, we can understand one another through our voices, through our tones, through our pain. Um, you hear people on here, and it's really being able to have someone that has that awareness that can feel um, what someone's feeling. And as you're working with the CEO or an executive of, of the company, you need to make sure that they understand the culture that you're trying to create at that company. And tech has pushed culture quickly. And so we're, we're behaving much differently than we did five years ago. Um, Clubhouse didn't exist five years ago. So every year something's being pushed that changes our behavior. And I think that's where HR has to be um, a little bit more aware of not only touching a human or seeing a human or looking in a human's eyes, but listening. Cause what, right, what we're doing right now is we're listening. And you know, if anything clubhouse has given me, it's made me a better listener because I can't see anyone's mouth. So I'm listening to what people are saying. And I catch every word. And if you do have that psychology, that awareness will make you understand who's working together and who's not. Yeah. Carrie, I just love the fact that you brought up curiosity. I just have to comment on that. That's not something that I would typically assign to an HR person. I would not think that. And I love the fact that you brought it up because I tell you in my work and the people I talk to, the skill of being curious is probably one of the most significant attributes of the successful people I've met are the fact that they're curious. I love it that you brought that up. Yeah. You know, Randy, and I think that that's one of the, for me, I will say that what I, when, when I'm talking about what makes a great leader, not just somebody in HR, just a phenomenal leader is somebody who remains curious. I think that that curiosity is something we have to feed and keep alive as we, you know, grow older and as we can try to, you know, get set in our ways and or whatever, it's that, that commitment to being curious to intentionally put activities that that trigger and 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 inspire our curiosity 
and it in turn makes us incredible leaders. I think that that's, that's one of those qualities that isn't talked about a lot and people forget. They get so serious and Is, yes. <laughs> is Mamelia, are you there? I think it's a glitch. Still listening? I think it's a glitch. Yeah. It's only happening to her. I'm not sure why she, why well, it seems that she's. Poor, poor Amelia. It seems like every show now she comes on and all of a sudden club she gets bombs. <laughs> well, some, someone was just talking about something that, that made me think about um the fun office you know this wasn't too long ago i'm sure you remember all these companies um, a lot of tech companies rushed out and decided okay what we need to do is make our office so fun that everyone will want to be at work and and they'll play ping pong and then they'll go back to work and be super you know focused and it absolutely failed and i don't think anybody saw it coming but what happened is, you know, they weren't feeding people's curiosity. They were thinking more in terms of, you know, this is our employees are, you know, this is like a dog that needs to be walked. Like, let's get them out and get, get the energy out and then they can be focused here and then they can rest and, and be at work. And what really people valued, especially younger workers, say under the age of 35, what they really value is respect and two two kinds in particular respectful engagement and that's what we're talking about you know encouraging them to be curious and autonomous respect and and just trusting them to um you know to be a vital part of their team and so that just being curious and allowing that curiosity to develop in your um, employees and in your teams is is super important. Did we get Amelia back? I don't think Monica, so. Um, I'm going to pop in if I can while we're waiting for the glorious Amelia to come back. Um, what was just She's said about over here? I'll tell you, paddle, paddle. I'm trying. The internet. Oh, the internet loves you, girl, like everybody. Come on. Um, the, well, let us know when you're back so I can so I can quiet myself. But um, what was just said was so smart and so um, accurate. And it reminded me, you reminded me of the same thing that happened when companies started going to the super popular idea of the open plan office. Everyone thought, oh, my gosh, what a great idea. And it's an absolute disaster for varying work styles and people who need to think and have quiet and and there's so many reasons but it wasn't really thought out it was kind of implemented because it was cool or neat but the real world implications were very different so I'm um, I'm grateful for you mentioning that 
about the fun office because that sparked that thought in me as well. Maybe some of us have experienced the horror of the open plan office. Oh, absolutely. I'm the worst. I mean, I have to turn down the radio to read a recipe when I'm cooking, right? So I need quiet in order to think and to work. And putting me in a cubicle is like death. Like I can't focus. I'm listening you know, to everything going on around me because I'm naturally curious. I want to know what's going on. And so it, it, it was destructive to my ability to work. So, um, yeah, again, something that I can see the value of, um, a more open workspace may encourage more communication of, you know, team members and that kind of thing and everyone feeling equal. Um, but for, for those of us weird people that need quiet, it's not a great thing. <laughs> well, and I think, Carrie, that's part of the thing that, you know, we're, we're finding with the Genius Key is when we share back with team leaders um, and colleagues what amplifies an individual's genius, what puts them in that state, and they start to understand what that is with from an environment with language, with support skills, they realize how far off the mark they are. That is the first thing that I hear when I go through and I help people really understand who are the individuals in your team around you and what causes them to scale and really shine into the best, best version of themselves. And in most cases, I will say 99% of the cases, the way the company and the individual are interrelating to each other is counter to their genius. Like time and time again, we just did this with a family and what the parents realize is what causes their kids to perform at genius level has is completely opposite of the environment that they've set up in the home. They set up in the home an environment that works for the adults, but does not work for the children, right? Especially since the children are different types of learners and have a different skill set that is developing that isn't a skill set that either one of the parents have. And we find this time and time and time again, right, is people fall into the gap. That's what we call it. You fall into the gap of not understanding what are you doing that is causing the other people around you to not succeed, to not grow. And again, that's kind of the basis of, of human resources, right, to be able to have this unique, amazing skill set that helps everybody within the organization grow. Because if you're not growing in your people, it is common sense that the company won't grow. If your people don't grow, the company will not grow. And same thing in entrepreneurship. If your results are stuck, if you're not getting, I don't know why I'm not closing the account. I don't know why I'm not making more money. I don't know why I can't hire, charge a higher ticket price. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's because there is an internal key. That's what we say in our vernacular. There's an internal piece of development that you are not seeing and not working on. And until you work internally, the external problem will remain present. The internal work is what unleashes the growth outside, inside of your business. So if your business is stuck, part of what we try to do with Genius Key is it identifies what internal work you must do. Yeah, I love that. Um... You know, that's that's really key when you don't realize what amplifies you and what drains you. I think um, that's a, a recipe for disaster. Um, I am, you know, by default, I'm a people pleaser, right? So you can ask me 
if I can do anything and I'm going to say yes and I'm going to try as hard as I can to do it and do it well and do it quickly, but it may drain me for the rest of the day. And so recognizing that there are things that I, uh, that amplify what I'm good at, my genius, and there are things that drain me that are better done by someone with a different genius, you know, it just helps everybody, it helps the whole. And this is new conversation, right? The companies to date have not thought about the energetic cost for projects and tasks. That's the work that we're trying to put out there. I'd love to um, have other people join in, the, in this conversation, whether you've got a question or a comment or a share, um, I welcome you guys into today's uh, conversations all about human development and uh, people uh, here on the Genius. This is Miguel, can you hear me? Absolutely, welcome. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I love this topic um, so much. I started my career as a human resources recruiter. And uh, one of the things that fascinated me was how much I learned about myself through the process of interviewing others. And um, I have applied to everything that I've learned while working as an HR recruiter to um, all my other career moves, such as operations and now in business development. I think it's very key and I think every single person should have some HR training uh, at different levels, of course, but uh, just wanted to share that. Yes, I agree. I think that, that, that it, it remains a role and a benefit to a company that is still misunderstood. And if it's misunderstood, and like Todd was saying, if, if you're not tapping that skill set in your strategy meetings, in your business planning, in the, you know, how do I move from where I am to one? If you're not having that skill set at the table, then there is a very big ingredient that is missing in your success plan. And part of the reason why I really wanted to have this conversation here today on Breakfast with Champions is there's so many of us that um, are in the growth stage, right? We're in the small business stage and we're trying to figure out how are we going to make um, better moves in 2022 than in the last couple of years. And if you're not looking through this lens, I am telling you with 100% certainty that you are missing a part of your ingredient. The people equation, we call it the people operating system, absolutely matters no matter what the size of your business is because it takes people in order. Any other comments? Absolutely. Any other comments from the stage? Yes, Amelia, this is Mariana. I absolutely love this topic. Um, I went to college for human resources and worked in human resources back in Colombia. And one of the things that I love was to be the mediator between the employee and the company. You know, and and I wish they uh, had studied more uh, the DISC uh, program. I'm now a DISC consultant, something that I do um, as well. But at that time, you know, I was like, I, I, I believe it was um, caring, uh, a people pleaser. That's one of the things that I have been involved is trying to understand the needs of the company and the needs of the employees and please both of them, right? 
And in that understanding the human behavior, that each person is different. That each person has a different personality style and behaves in a different model. But now that I have so much knowledge into that, it's just absolutely incredible. And I and I will hope that every human resources person uh, is certified or consultant as a deaf person because it's so needed. Uh, in order to not drive yourself crazy, trying to please every personality style. Uh, that would be nice. But thank you. Uh, I love that. I, 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 and I love your, your background, you know what I'm saying? And so you've got it such a strong position. I mean, it's something, um, you know, reach out to myself or to Carrie as we, you know, we just formed a, a delegate, a global delegation called the G100. Uh, it's with women or economic forum and, um, the economic, uh, forum in the United Nations, a hundred, uh, women around, uh, the globe. So a hundred women in a hundred different countries with a hundred women that run underneath them, all being able to take these complex problems and break them down as one unified, uh, delegation. Um, if you're interested in that, um, we're doing a lot of work around the globe. Um, reach out to Carrie and I and just literally put G100 and we'll give you some information about that work. It is extremely powerful. Um, the, the women from around the, I mean, I just, I just got back from the UN and I was like, wow, I feel lazy compared to what some of these women are have done and, and started to accomplish, um, in other parts of the world. And I just felt very firm that, uh, to bring, you know, my network into this global conversation and other women that are just phenomenal, um, to really lean in because again, it's that access that up levels your business, right? You have to be at these conversations in order for you to put your business into the ring. And I think that um, it may be something that's interesting to you. If it's not, that's fine too. But if it is, I just want to let you know that this is something that um, is charging forward as we get ready for um, the kickoff in January. And and it is. I, th I think that the training that is the people training seems to be so lacking um, from every different level. People do not understand people, yet you're making decisions that impact them. And I think we have to really take a moment and break down some of these conversations. Um, and so to, we can really, really understand because if we are needing to access that different subject matter experts, uh, training and skills into the company, then you have to be able to have the, the language and the mindset and the leadership and the guidelines for the team members on how to include other points of view and what is the protocol in order to absorb that new information without having a knee-jerk reaction that says, no, that's not right. No, that can't be. No, 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 no. Right? You have that push that's still in the society of saying, well, this is the way we've always done it. Well, that's what got us into the trouble that we're in today. So we have to learn how to be open-minded. We have to learn how to receive information that is counter to what we believe. We have to learn how to grow into this space for the opportunity that presents itself right here in the gig economy because so many people are missing it. So I love the conversation. And again, I just, I love having. Thank you, Amelia. Absolutely. We welcome any other conversations, comments, anything else that is happening on the stage, any questions you have about human resources or people development. We are here. To Amelia, this is Yeshim. I just wanted to say thank you for opening this dialogue because um, I believe that a lot of people do not even understand that 
there can be another opinion that's opposite to theirs because the way they were raised um you know they are they are so let's say small-minded in a way that's how they were raised that they do not even realize there can be another point of opinion and i having lived in five different countries i even experienced this with myself that the way i grew up was so different than you know when i lived in the netherlands that sometimes they would say something and i would immediately find myself saying no that's that's wrong and then i realized who who says it's wrong it's just their culture that's what they were brought up with and that's how i realized that with my own upbringing i thought some things are facts and i never questioned it till i lived there so i i think it's so important that we all have this conversation and i'm so happy you are taking this to like a whole different level of informing everyone i would love to be part of this conversation um um so i um yeah you had already put me in touch with kerry um yeah because a lot of times i think people do not even realize that they have that blind spot so for people who are already aware of it yes you know we are doing over personal development and i think that's everyone but uh, emilia i think that for a lot of people they doing this so just wanted to say um i'm so proud of you for taking this initiative and please consider me for as a resource for anything going forward this is yeshim uh, in the red dress and over to you emilia Yes, anybody who's interested in G100, all you have to do is just send us uh, a DM with the word G100. We'll get you more information. Um, but I, I just just to harp on this, so when I was at the United Nations, I took people through this a very simple exercise. So now, again, just visualize for a moment. We have global leaders from around the world, different cultures, um, you know, different cultures even within that subculture. And I asked everybody to show me what is the correct spacing for a conversation, right? So I showed two people that were talking and what that distance, right, between the two parties, what is customary if you're from uh, the south of the United States? What is that customary if you're from the north, if you're from the west, if the Midwest? What is that if you're in the UK? What is that if you're in Asia? What is that if you're in the Middle East? What uh, To show people that just something as the etiquette of how close do I stand to you changes, right, based on your upbringing. And something just as simple as standing too close or standing too far gives a message that you may not be intending to give, right? So, for example, when I was talking with some of my my people throughout the Middle East and comparing them to people that are from throughout Asia, that spacing is different and it triggers, I don't trust you if you get it wrong. So behaviorally, everything matters. I have a question. I miss Uruakam at the bottom. Good morning, everyone. Amelia, um, Amelia. Uh, my question is, I just was observing uh, one of the top sales HR related consultants talk about 
a distinction between personal development and personal transformation. She mentioned that, yes, she was making the seven figure, eight figure, but there was something about the personal transformation rather than personal development looking outwardly that ultimately transformed everything. So can you speak to that if there is in fact a distinction and how that is that has showed up in your own success? Thank you, I'm Ms. Uruak at the bottom. Beautiful. First of all, your name is gorgeous. And that's a, that's a fascinating question. So I think that that, so I'll just speak from my lens, the difference. Personal development means I am developing myself, right? And those around me on the current trajectory that I'm on, right? So that I'm, so think about that, like the internal margin of a company versus transformation for me is something that is happening that I'm, 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 really going to reset everything to transform and for the next level. So it's not just an internal uh, margin. It's the higher uh, uptake of bringing in more like the gross revenue, right? So that's, I always try to t put a business analogy, gross revenue versus, um, you know, bottom line, I think is, is how I would say the difference between transformation and personal development. Personal development, we should be doing all the time. You can't be doing transformations all the time. You would be exhausted, right? But as you go to a certain level, you realize that it's time to transform, right? It's trying to transform. Um, so like if you've gone from zero to a million, if you take that same mindset and name same skills, it will kill you when you try to go to one to three. That's not an ameliorism. That is a fact. What takes you to the first million will never get you to the next level. You have to actually transform and usually transformation comes with a lot of pain um, in order to revamp everything. Personal development um, is, I don't want to say feels better, but you can, you get those small little wins. Uh, you get that little kind of, you know, the uh, personal development high. Um, it's you growing to the maximum of where you are. If that makes sense, that's how I would describe the Thank you. Can you enable me get a moment? Oh, sorry. I was going to go there for two seconds. Uh, don't mind waiting. So <laughs> I won't take too long. Can I? No. I'm going to be I guess, brief because I'm Portuguese and I, um, and I grew up in the UK. And I had that issue in terms of uh, a proximity and being able to just notice that there's a very big difference between the cultures. It doesn't mean it's wrong or right. It's about evaluating the situation and how you are. Even when we're connecting with people through our projects, uh, business, or friendship in general, when we're connecting, it's more about the way we look into people and being able to separate it. Because it happened to me as well. Because if we can imagine, and I won't take too long, sorry for interrupting there. When we go, when I went from the UK to Portugal, people came up to me giving me a handshake and giving me a kiss. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I mean, is something okay? On the contrary, when I came back to the UK, I had that issue where I was doing something else. Then I came to understand that the first things first is to understand and reevaluate uh, where people are coming from. And that's as well through personal development and growing within the cultures, we get to understand that. Just wanted to really, you know, because I really like the topic and to agree with Amelia and just to put my two cents in. Thank you so much. No, and I love that comment. Right. Yes. When you go to more of the Latin, I'm Italian. I was, you know, I was born and raised in Italy. You know, our physical touch has a different guideline 
then absolutely if you're with somebody who's um, British, right? So, you know, one is more touchy-feely and the other one is like, whoa, what's, hang on a second, personal space. And you just have to, again, there is no right or wrong. It's the understanding of the individuals around you so that you can better speak and serve to them and collectively use that information in order to scale. There isn't a right or wrong. It's a sense of understanding. That understanding is what helps you then build. And I think that's what Carrie was saying originally is that one of the things that she has is this huge curiosity and love of people, which is a natural, beautiful skill to have if you're interested in human re resources. So I love this conversation. We will definitely come back to it again. Carrie, I wanna thank you. You are a rock star as always, and I just love your insights. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.